0: We're back, episode 42 of Built for Better. Today I had Mick Holt in. Mick is the owner of Cornerstone Strength and Conditioning in Newcastle. A really cool story about going through university and getting his engineer degree and then obviously pursuing some opportunities in that field to realize that wasn't the path that he wanted to go down um, and jumping into the health and fitness industry. Um, but I'll let Mick t- tell the story uh, before we get into it. Let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life no more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of waste i need an escape to send to me and i don't mean to make a rush for the door but times a currency i'm currently poor i'll be leaving it soon i don't mean to be rude but this scene ain't for me like your mom's seeing your nudes you news,
1: like a place... Nicole what's happening mate it's just balancing the family business life is is what's happening um, how's yeah. that going for you yeah, mate, going well. We've got a pretty much a twenty-month-old, I think, so almost two. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty not a wild ride for the last couple of years, but um, it's certainly been putting a lot of things into perspective when you run a business, and uh, and you can't just go for walks on the beach with your missus, or go for cocktails, or or dinner. It's um, yeah, it's a new change of pace, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's been really enjoyable, and and she's amazing, and and. She, I'm thankful that she's. I think she's pretty easy, actually. So yeah. I can't really complain too much compared to a lot of the stories that I've heard. So yeah. <laughs> I've got plenty if you got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might we might need a couple of hours, I reckon, if if you start telling stories. <laughs> and uh, Sam,
0: obviously in the business with you, how how was that transition?
1: Um, yeah, so we sort of made the call. Um, yeah, probably a couple months out from. The delivery um where she was just sort of eased away out of the business and yeah she hasn't really done too much yeah at all really since so she's just been stay-at-home mom and and uh i think it's yeah i just wanted to give her that space to i suppose yeah be a mom and and do that um and took her a while to sort of start to get back into i suppose real, real world and back in the gym and back into life and i, I think they as mums they they probably lose a bit of their identity a, a lot of the time um so they go from this woman to being a mum, and yeah takes over and yeah so but she's she's real good and she's is um yeah it's just balancing right it's just it's just enjoying the new the new life
0: yeah 100 let's uh before we get in talking about cornerstone talking about any of that tell us a little bit about your upbringing what you're like at school
1: um i was actually doing some journaling last night um on the the school topic so um yeah i was i was pretty good at school i suppose like both my parents are teachers so i probably didn't really have a choice um so yeah but pretty academic um yeah nothing nothing crazy like definitely not gifted that's for sure (laughs) um but yeah just worked really hard um just worked really hard on studying and and worked really hard on on uh, on on that school side of things, and, and balancing that with sport. So, um, yeah, coming out through high school, I was part of like the well, they're now the Jets, but the the Breakers youth system for soccer. Um, so that was that was really enjoyable um, and challenging as well. Um, so, yeah, that was probably like the start of high school was 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 that kind of stuff. And yeah, year eleven and twelve um, did pretty well at uni at um, at school. Sorry, and 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 I mean I worked pretty bloody hard for it from memory probably not as hard as at work now so can't can only imagine how what how well I could have done if I knew actually how to work hard um and work smarter I think um but um yeah I uh, went end up going to uni um studying engineering oh, I actually did it I did a year of architecture as well so I thought I like I've got a bit of a, I suppose I really enjoyed that creative side of things with with engineering and I'm and it's kind of why I, why I stepped into architecture but probably after a year I realized that it was a little bit too subjective uh for my liking I was like I've done the work but I'm only getting 60 percent why is this the case um so it's like well we don't like it I'm like I like it <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred in my books yeah 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 so it's just yeah it was just a different I suppose um way of thinking and and maybe I'm not I'm not like I'm not super creative like from from that perspective like not good at art and all that sort of stuff so um yeah, that was probably just, uh, an easy thing to transition away from that and into engineering, which is a bit more yes and no and cross the I's and dot the T's and draw straight lines. So, um, yeah, I did that at uni, did engineering and business for a while. And then, and then, um, yeah, finished that degree and started working pretty much so yeah, that was kind of my, uh, my study. And were
0: your were your parents uh, primary school or high school teachers? Uh,
1: Mum's primary school and dad was high school. So you so had an eye over you the whole way through. Yeah, dad actually taught me in. So he was at the same high school that we um that I went to. So he actually taught me in year eleven and twelve. So he like he was the best math teacher at the school, and I was doing three in it. Um, I don't know even know what that's called now, but like the one above advanced. And um, yeah. Um, so I had him for two years, which was like really interesting at the start, like getting taught by your dad. And, um, I think we both, we both had our eyes opened a little bit, um, in those first couple of weeks for sure. Um, and did he put a lot of pressure on you to study? Um, I can't, I can't really remember, like, I'm sure they probably did a little bit, um, I think I probably saw some of the mistakes my, my sister made when she was doing her HSC, um, and I, I suppose I, I wanted to do engineering and I wanted to do really well. Like I wanted to beat her. Like so, there was a bit of competitiveness there. So um, that's kind of the the truth that I'm telling myself that they didn't push me, but I'm sure they. I'm sure there was moments where they were like, "Is Michael Buddy doing this work or whatever?" But um, I think I was always wanted. To, I, want, I wanted to do well, um, and uh, yeah, I remember working reasonably hard for it
0: I distinctly remember some of the arguments mum and I used to have over my school work
1: <laughs> <laughs> why does that, does that, that doesn't surprise me Logan I don't know why
0: yeah that's right what uh, tell us about your soccer did you get into it like as a really young
1: kid yeah yeah so yeah I, I was like under sixes and stuff so um, I was actually talking to my mum the other week. she said I was playing tennis at four apparently um so like i was always super sporty like super active so played a bit of everything like yeah played tennis and 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 stuff like that and then yeah just got into soccer when i was six and kind of just kept following that and yeah i got to yeah, i sort of got into like the the rep team the newcastle port stevens rep team um which was kind of like the highest level you could for sort of like 10 and 11 year olds uh, or 11 and 12 year olds and then um yeah, so I played a bit of that. And then I went for the, I went to the trials for the breakers back in the day, which was like the, the Jets these days and, um, yeah, trial and, and trial. Okay. But I was like, oh, there's heaps of other good kids there. Like didn't think I'd get in, you know? And, and then we didn't hear anything from, for like a couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, it turns out I'd written so poorly on the application form that they didn't, uh, they got the email address wrong. And so they ended up having a, like, a couple of weeks later, they ended up fight, tracking me down and, and faxing it through to my dad's school. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so I spent three years in that system 13s, 14s, and 15s, um, which was, yeah, like, was pretty cool. Like, well, it was challenging, like, getting up early and driving to Sydney every second week um, on the bus. And um, it's pretty cool, like, to look back and go, yeah, I played with, like, Nigel Bogard, who's the captain of the Jets at the moment. and and a few other guys who have been professionals and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, like we had a pretty good team. Um, So, but yeah, I just remember going down, we played against Blacktown um, in Sydney on our first game and we got pumped like 4-1 and I think it was like 3-0 at halftime. And I remember going down where we all these like skinny little Newcastle kids and these kids were just like massive moustaches, <laughs> big legs, like just like, holy Dooley, who are these, Who are, they, are these kids 13? Like, I, yeah, I they start getting their birth certificate when they get off the boat. You know, man, it was crazy. So yeah, um, but yeah, we did actually pretty well that year. I think we came fourth, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I stayed in that system for a couple of years and then um, I I didn't get picked um, in the last year that they had it. Um, and I went and played sort of, I think I went and played under 19s when I was 16. Um, and then I played a couple of years in that and then got picked up, uh, started playing first grade for the, the Newcastle NPL, uh, a couple of years after that. So I think I made my debut when I was 18. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool and played a couple of, you know, a bit over a hundred odd games first grade. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, essentially since we started the, well, then, I, then we moved and then I came back and yeah, just never sort of picked it up again. Just wasn't really like, You know, it's like running a business. You sort of don't have a great deal of time to spend. And when you've got – when you're trying to commit to seven, eight hours a week of training and games, it's – yeah, it makes makes things hard. Yeah, for sure.
0: And once you left uni, did you go work in the engineer field for a while?
1: Yeah, so worked in Newcastle for three and a half years. And, um, yeah, which was great. And then uh, my wife, Sam, she was – she was living out she actually got a secondment to Alice Springs for a few months and um then she pretty much said to me she's like I don't really want to come back to Newcastle and I was like oh well guess we're moving and I mean we'd always I'd always spoken about going somewhere else and living somewhere else so uh one thing led to another and we ended up moving to Perth uh, we we moved to Perth and got a, got a job over there and um yeah that was pretty cool um bit of a turbulent uh bit of a turbulent time i actually got a job with fortescue back uh, or fmg if you know who they are um twiggy forest and it was back in 2012 when uh the iron ore price dropped about a hundred dollars in about four weeks or something like ridiculous and um yeah i, I literally i was made redundant uh, uh about seven days after i got there wow um, so yeah, last in, first out and uh, yeah, so I, was, I just moved to Perth, just getting things set up and um, yeah, jobless <laughs> in seven days. So yeah.
0: And was it pretty easy to snag something else? Uh,
1: I think it was a pretty tough market at the time, but I think I just got really lucky because um, I think I ended up getting a job with uh, Rio Tinto and um, yeah, a guy had just sort of moved on and there was a spot available and um, a few of the guys that I was working with at FMG knew a few of the guys at Rio Tinto and they sort of put me in contact and it was just like, yeah, real quick interview. And then pretty much, yeah, had the job, uh, as a contractor, um, which was not ideal, but <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. And, um, but yeah, like it was just sort of like perfect timing and, and, and lucky. I think it sort of goes to show, like, if you're, it's all about relationships, like this whole thing whole thing is about relationships really and and obviously i'd probably made a half decent impression with the people at fmg so they were happy to refer me on and um which was which was really nice or maybe they just felt really sorry for me (laughs) as a young guy I i don't know how old was i like 24 or something like that 25 um so yeah but um yeah
0: and um what made you kind of think of a career change
1: um well, I wasn't necessarily like really looking heaps, but I suppose Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week was, um, was, a, was a key motivator for me, I think. Um, we were sort of, um, we were probably looking at starting a gym because Sam was coaching and I was doing a little bit of stuff. And um, yeah, we were looking at starting something in Perth with some friends. And um, I, we were on holidays in Vietnam. Um three-week little nice little break and sitting there by the pool reading Tim Ferriss four-hour work week, four-hour body, um, all this sort of stuff. And oh, this is this is easy. Like no one no, no one does this stuff. And um yeah, saw sort a of thing pop up on Facebook and a mate that I knew was sort of getting rid of all these gear, and I thought we would be able to ship it across for for nothing pretty much, and then he was selling the gym and we were like, well, me and Sam, and we were sort of having that conversation. We were engaged at the time um, about what we were going to do. Like I was, I was ready to move on a bit from Rio because I didn't really like the the path that we were going on. And I would have liked to have got into some construction stuff, but um there was just no jobs out there for construction um, unless you had five years experience in the industry. So it was just a really tough time. Um And, yeah, I didn't want to start at the bottom, and I was just like, "Well, let's, uh yeah, let's let's move back home." And like the gym was around the corner from Mum and Dad's. I was like, "We'll be there for like six months max, Mum and Dad. Like, it's it's all good. Like, we'll find a house and blah blah blah. The gym will be killing it within six months, and you know we'll be millionaires." <laughs> oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> so yeah, like we were sort of like I was looking at dabbling, and uh, I suppose a couple of key drivers were for me were like working in that field and working in that uh, really uh, corporate environment where you go, I didn't like, I didn't want to be, like you look across the boardroom and there was a guy just hating his job, hating his life and just, you know, living for his, to buy his Audi and to, you know, living for the weekend and, and whatever. And then there was another guy that was just like super passionate about engineering super passionate about what he was doing and talking about. And I was like, well, I'm not you. I'm not like super passionate about this. I'm passionate about it, but not that level. And I don't want to be you and the other guy. So it was sort of like, well, I was 27 at the time and you know, had sort of seven years of, of working behind me. And I knew that if it all went to shit, that we had like a bit of a safety net there. Um, so, but yeah, it was still a massive call to just go, Let's go and do something you've had zero experience in. Uh, that sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, being been there. Yeah, yeah. It's not the, you know, those pieces of advice that you give to people, that would be uh, not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a
0: lesson you look back on.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. We should have done it a little bit smarter. But, um, yeah, I suppose there's been a, there's probably only been a handful of times in my life where I've really gone all in and just put it, you know, put, put the balls on the, on the chopping block. And, um and that was one of them. And it's, I suppose it's, it's probably worked out. Okay. um But I think the road could have been a little bit less bumpy if we would have uh, maybe not hung it all out there at the start.
0: So. And so you bought the gym and kept all the same equipment. Was it called Cornerstone back then?
1: No, nah, no, nah. the guy's name was Will. So it was called Will's power. Um So I, didn't think that kind of suited us <laughs> yeah 100 yeah, and we, uh,
0: did you um get any clients i guess if he's straight off the bat or how did you go about that
1: yeah part of the deal was like that we would sort of yeah like there was uh what's it called um uh we you get some of their clients and stuff like that um, um and i thought yeah sweet like that was a real deal breaker for me it's like cool we'll start the gym you know we'll have like 30, 40 clients to start with, and we'll have an income straight away. Perfect, we're not starting from scratch. And then when it came down to it, I had a, a handwritten list of people's first names and phone numbers. Um, there's about 19 people, I think, from memory. And some of the numbers were wrong, some of the names were wrong. So it was not a- um, Not a good yeah, start. Not a great start. So, but yeah, we've, we've still got um, two of the members that we started with today. Um, uh, which is pretty cool, I think, from that. From that, and and still really close, and and we're still friends with with all the guys who who carried on with us, and yeah, we actually brought a bunch of people back who had who had been with him and had left. So, um, yeah, it was a really positive start, but um, yeah, tough. What,
0: what year was that when you?
1: It was the end of 2015. So we pretty much. So I think we we're on, we we're on holidays in August. So the end of August 2015. Uh, we pretty much made the call war on holidays. Um, I'd, I flew over to sign the lease on the 15th of September. So literally like a week later I was flying over signing leases. And then we, we literally started the gym on the 9th of November. Um, like that was our first session, which so sam- just ticked over five years. Yeah. Yeah, just almost five and a half years now. So uh,
0: what what are some, I guess, distinct changes that you've seen in I guess what you started with five years ago to now?
1: I think probably the one of the biggest things is is probably like being a bit more authentic in who we are and, and what we're doing. Like, um, I think when we first started, we really just tried to please everyone. We wanted to provide a different style, but we sort of weren't really Um, I suppose, really well versed in and well trained in in that. Um, So yeah, over the years, we've probably become more confident in what we're doing Um, and, uh, and that's helped us serve our members better. And it's also helped attract the people who really buy into what we want to do and not the, not the other people who aren't there for the same reasons as what you want people there for. So um, yeah, it's evolved a lot over the, over the years, not, not you know totally changing but um yeah i suppose we've gone from uh we'll do what you want to we're doing what we want and this is why um and and those people sort of are coming along with your journey as opposed to you just trying to please everyone all the time
0: yeah for sure and um where was i going what uh break down your program now what would a kind of typical day or typical week look like
1: um so i suppose yeah we sort of changed the program a fair bit we try and program sort of like six week blocks um like like my background now is like strength conditioning so client athlete development um so i suppose that's the kind of style that we take to it which is really hard to explain to people it's like so you like crossfit that's like uh kind of but not really um uh so yeah i suppose we just try and put a lot more science and and thought into the programming um and that we're like we're predominantly a strength-based gym like like we do fitness and, and conditioning but like you're not going to do like hit or you're not going to do like necessarily like a tough workout every single day um so predominantly focus on strength and mobility um so a typical day would look like warm-up probably two strength blocks um pretty like typical um, strength and conditioning style programming where you probably have two supersets. Um, and then actually what we're trialing this year is, um, is, a, is something that I think our members really value. Well, I know our members really value, but, um, and I don't know anyone else that's really doing it, um, but we're actually providing options within sessions. So rather than just like scaling stuff, Uh, We actually provide an opportunity to work on the things that you want to work on. So we surveyed all our clients and we were like, what do you want to work more on? It's like 30% say strength, 30% say fitness, 30% say mobility and, and, and recovery and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, we can't like do that all the time and, and sort of serve everyone. So, um, right now we're in the process or we've, we've just implemented it in the last six weeks but you essentially sort of if there's four the first 40 minutes is the same and then the last 20 minutes you have the option to choose either like fitness performance or we call it reboot um so yeah if it's fitness it'll be something fitness related if it's performance it'll be some more strength stuff um, and maybe a bit of mobility like weighted mobility and stuff. And then the reboot, it'll be like some breath work and stretching and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, which has really allowed our clients to just to go. Um, I don't really feel like getting hammered today, so I'm going to do the reboot. Or you know, when I want to work on my running, so you know, every Tuesday for the next six weeks we'll be running um, in the fitness session. So, um, yeah, they know that that's coming, and they know that they can. That's that they're going to build on that. Um, but yeah, just it's it's just it's just worked out really nicely, and it's. little bit harder to manage but um yeah I think our guys really value it so yeah we've always prided ourselves on providing a really personalized service so like we like our sessions are sort of like less than 12 12 members in in the session so yeah we just we just want to try and deliver like that's our whole philosophy is like we want to try and deliver the best possible thing for you today as opposed to sort of like come in get fit follow this program sort of thing so yeah we, we're constantly changing things and and monitoring things so but yeah we just literally just started a big six week strength block. so lots of heaps and heaps of lifting and, and a few programs that you're pretty familiar with so um like some simply stronger stuff and stuff from from real movement um which is super that's, cool but um it's really interesting yeah yeah it's a bit of a hybrid between everything so um yeah but like some of our guys aren't there to get super strong some of our guys want to get fitter or some of our guys are just there to, to live a little bit better so um, giving them the opportunity to do that um, is, I think, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what's like. That's why you're seeing more gyms like ours pop up because I guess where would you say that you're equivalent to personal training, but kind of a fraction of the price in a smaller group environment.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's that's the goal, um, and it does put a lot of pressure on the on the gym and and the coaches to to get it right, but um i think that's why we that's why we're in the industry as well because we're here to coach people and, and make people better um not just follow like a um a screen um and stuff like that and, and cheer people along like that's not what we're here for um we're here to coach so um yeah we just we just want people to improve and improve and everyone's at different levels everyone's such vast different levels um so yeah that's kind of I
0: imagine Newcastle's um, got a lot of competition. What um, I guess, what's your demographic that you guys kind of target?
1: Uh, I suppose we probably like most of the people who come to us are probably in their thirties and forties, both men and women. Um, Got like the young people on the younger side have usually tried tried CrossFit and tried hit stuff and f45 and stuff like that um and just found it that it was too either too intense or just not really what they wanted out of their training um like our philosophy is like the gym is not everything for you uh we're here to like increase your performance for life um so yeah we don't need like we don't try and make the gym everything um so i think that's like quite refreshing for people a lot of time it's like i don't have to like Work super hard on this session because it's, it's about just consistency and it's about accumulation over months and years. Um, so yeah, it's heaps of competition, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of. Oh, I just lost track of your question there.
0: And how many sessions a week does the average member hit?
1: Um, I'd probably say three, a bit over three. Um, yeah. yeah, we've got a few guys that hit six not too many um but yeah like fives and fours like a lot of fours um and yeah we've got a a few people on twos um and stuff like that but um yeah just because we had that option like i just it's not it's not the model that a lot of gyms run but um yeah i just found a lot of people are like doing other stuff it's like okay that's cool like yeah if you're doing yoga twice a week and you're you know you're running twice a week it's like cool like let's do gym twice a week so and find that balance that's what I mean like I'm not trying not to be too protective of like what we're doing um because yeah like I said the gym's not everything and there's other stuff out there and I myself am like I'm doing three days a week four days a week triathlon training so like the strength stuff like I couldn't what's the point of me training strength for five sessions a week if I'm doing running riding and cycling um running riding and swimming as well like it's just not achievable
0: yeah you'll just end up injured
1: yeah exactly so
0: and yeah. um what what's your vision i guess for cornerstone
1: yeah. um i suppose we're pretty keen on on we've got a, like a i suppose a, a just an adult side and then we've got a, an athlete side so we've got a lot of youth athletes so i've got about 40 um athletes uh on the books um so we're like us we're we're coaches. Like I said we we come from an SNC or an exercise sports science background. So continuing to I suppose shape the industry like shape the gym in that in that way and try to yeah create that athletic performance for our adult members like identifying it's like identify that identifying that our members can't jump very well um, or jump you know use their bodies in that way is like cool like that's an athletic thing like let's improve your athleticism. Uh, Cause I think if we prove athleticism as an, as an adult, you just, yeah, you tick all the boxes, like for stuff that you want to do in, in in life, really. So that's kind of where we want to take our adult membership. Um, and then for the kids and, and the athletes really pursuing that a little bit more um, it's something that's not done very much in Australia and it's not something done very well, like even, even worse. Um, so just to raise the standards for what youth athletes have got, available to them like it was a big there's a big reason we started the gym was you know when I went to the gym when I was 15 and you go to the the globo gym and and you just sort of do the bicep curls and the bench press that everyone on the smith machine that everyone else is doing and the, the, the 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 leg press and all that just rubbish stuff for you know good functional movement um yeah I've I could only dream of the sort of space that we're, we're creating. And yeah, so really trying to get that out to more and more people and, and make good athlete development more available to more athletes that aren't in that elite system. So those kids have got access to more facilities and stuff like that. And, but to be honest it's not, what I've seen is, is not high level SNC either. Um, so yeah, um, just, just making it more available to, to people. Would you
0: say that you're kind of trying to create a service that you wish was available to you when you were?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Who's or
0: who's played an impact in your coaching journey and who's, I guess, what different um, courses and stuff have you done that you've loved?
1: Um, I suppose similar to you, like Keegs, Keegan Smithers and Real Movement Projects has probably been probably one of the biggest influences on, on what we've done uh, and what we're doing um, still to this day. Um, so we, we met Keegs like I think two years or 18 months into our journey and yeah, it was, um, I don't saying it say love at first sight, but yeah, I was just super impressed that it was just such a different methodology, um, you know, incorporating all the skill work and the mobility and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that athlete performance side of things for adults really just really vibe with it um so that's probably been probably one of the biggest influences and and all the coaches who are around real movement um yeah it's it's obviously Keegs is, is the leader but you know ezra mitch um guys like that um simon yeah you, you know these guys they've um i've taken bits and pieces from all of them uh which has been super cool so um that's probably been the biggest influences and there's been a few other snc guys around Like I've done my ASCA level two and there's some really good coaches around that. So um, some strength and conditioning guys, but um, yeah, I definitely say real movement is probably, probably the biggest.
0: And um, I guess since the, since you found Keegan real movement, did that change your whole, I guess, outlook on strength and conditioning um, and what I guess the body's capable of, would you say?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like to be, super mobile and and strong at the same time like it definitely changed more like probably didn't change it tons what changed the most would have been mindset and growth and health like really like that like i said tim ferris for our body like Keys just takes that to the next level and continues that journey and and real movement sorry um so yeah just that understanding of what health is and what performance is and yeah chasing all this stuff that's not mainstream um that's yeah and just just the growth mindset like we we've sort of bought in bought in pretty hard and yeah i've never been challenged so much or yeah challenged on my perspective or how i think um and that just yeah that was probably the biggest shift for me um was total yeah, annihilation of previous values and and understanding of identity and starting to use words like identity it was um, yeah very new to me. So um, yeah, it was it was looking for that sort of self discovery and that really kickstarted the journey for me.
0: And what lights you up when you see a member do something? What what is it that excites you that you see a member improve on or get as a
1: result? Oh, um. I mean, I say this a bit, but when when a member comes to me and they're like, "Oh, I um, I, I'm off my, I've been a month off my antidepressants," stuff like that probably like hits me in the heart the most. Like to know that we've we've helped that person that way, or um, you know, even someone's who's you know who's suicidal or something like that that you didn't even know. And yeah, it's probably more of the emotional stuff, like the the physical stuff yeah for me it's just a bit of a process like when someone hits a good squad or dead like yeah i'm pretty happy but yeah when they come to me with like mindset shifts and um just a deeper understanding of, of themselves like I, yeah that's what i really froth off so um yeah, yeah that's love it.
0: what uh what's if you could pick you know one or two of the biggest lessons you've learned from business
1: <laughs> ultimate accountability Ultimate accountability. Um, Yeah, everything everything starts with you. Like you are the creator, you are the the reason for everything in your life, uh, good and bad. Um, So yeah, taking a little bit of, um, yeah, when you're successful, like taking some of the credit for that. Um, But also, yeah, when things aren't going wrong or coaches are not doing what you want them to do or members aren't doing what you want them to do, like really reflecting on that and going, how have I contributed to this situation I think it's probably similar with kids, hey? Um, how have I contributed to this monster just screaming at me? No, um, but uh, yeah, that's probably, that's probably like one of the biggest lessons is like that ultimate accountability. Um, yeah, and just be prepared to work super bloody hard and and, and give your life to it really. Like if you, if you really believe in it, you gotta give your life to it. Um, yeah. They're probably like some of the, some of the biggest ones. Um, don't start a, don't necessarily start a business that you don't have any idea how to run. either.
0: <laughs> and what's it been like for you trying to, I guess, evolve as a facility and put on staff and things like that. Uh, what do you mean? Like, what's it? like? What's like the what, what, uh, how's the process been? Have you found it easy? Has it been a challenge? to get people to buy into, I guess, your vision and how you like to do things?
1: Uh, um, oh, we, we've had our, um, not our failures, but our learning experiences with staff. Uh, but we were super lucky. Like, the first staff member that we put on, Kieran, he was, yeah, like, absolute dream. Like, not, not without his challenges either, but, like, just his energy and enthusiasm. He really he really thought the same as us, um, on a lot of ways. And, um, the only reason he left was he got asked to, um, head coach, uh, a gym out at Bathurst, which his mates were, were, um, were buying. And, uh, yeah, he's killing it. Like he's absolutely killing it. And I I look up to him now, like he was our, our first coach. And I really look up to him as, as a way that I want to run my business. Um, like, Yeah, he's just his enthusiasm and and energy around his clients is is next level. So if, if you're in the Bathurst region, get into Bathurst strength and conditioning, like they are the they are the bomb. Um yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, man. Kiz um Kieran is is nice, nicest guy and just knows his stuff and but just just so passionate about his members. Like I yeah, he's for me, he's a real shining light in the fitness industry. Um, and he's going to do some, some serious, amazing things. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that was really good. And then, yeah, like I said, we've had a couple of ups and downs with different staff, but I think like, I'm a big believer in like what you put out into the world, you, you get back. So we've always tried to just put, um, I suppose love and, um, and effort out into the world. And, and I think the staff members that we've got have been really good and they've just sort of yeah, they've love what we're about. And because I think it's a bit different, uh, it's a fair bit different to what they've what they've done. So we've taken time to educate them and and help them build their skill set. Um, not perfectly, but um still massive gaps that we we're filling for ourselves as well. Um, but um, just good people. Good people attract good people. And that's for me, that's the that's what he's really said about the gym, is like yeah, good people attract good people and yeah, we don't have any dickheads at the gym or well, maybe one or two, but um, yeah.
0: How good. Any other projects you're working on?
1: Oh, mate, we've got a pretty huge one actually, to be honest. So um, yeah, we literally signed the lease to uh, the shed next door to us uh, last week or two weeks ago. So through, just through the gym and, and all the work that I've done over the last couple of years, um, just become more and more passionate about men's health and and particularly like with my own journey as well just learning and understanding more about myself um, as a man um and uh and seeing these these young men come through and and older men and stuff like that and and the impact that we've we've been able to have on their life um so two years ago i wrote a business plan for a a men's only uh facility and yeah we started uh the start of last year we started a a men's circle and a bit of a men's group where we could sort of just connect weekly and catch up and then, um, just talk about some real stuff, which was, which was cool. And then, um, yeah, the space next door to us came up for lease and I was like, well, may as well bite the bullet. You know, one of those, one of those decisions. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as stupid as the, the starting the gym one, but, um, yeah, it's been in the works for a long time. So essentially what we're going to create is a men's health facility. Um, obviously mental health is a big, uh, big factor into today's society. And, uh, not that that's the sole reason that we want to do it. Like we're focusing on men's health, which being, meaning, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, um, mental health, but yeah, relationships, communication, um, you know, and, and a big part of it will be around manhood and masculinity and actually sort of like trying to redefine what it means to be a man. Um, so, you know, we'll have a youth program that'll sort of i suppose try and initiate young young men into into men like right now you turn 18 you're apparently a man and we have 30 40 50 year old blokes walking around um so with a with a boy's brain you know like they just no idea um on how to be a man and i'm not saying i'm the guru or anything like that i'm, I'm certainly far from it but at least we can start asking questions of each other and hard and having hard conversations around like, is this how we want to be be living? Is this how is this who we want to be? Um, and yeah, hopefully through through that process, um, helping some guys out with with mental health and and uh and overcoming challenges around their own lives and and building stronger relationships. And you know, you yourself you've got three kids, three kids under three and a half, um, and the start. I'm sure you've had some dark times in your life, and um, if we can create a space which um, helps support that journey for you, and and you can sort of talk to other guys about what's happening in your life, um, I think that would be like, I'm assuming that would be really valuable. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, for sure. That's um,
0: that's that's so exciting. So good to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So that's, that's the big project at the moment. That's the big push at the moment. So we just spent the last weekend gurning the whole thing out because it was filthy. Um, and yeah, we we'll would hopefully start some, some construction soon, but yeah, it's just, I'm just su- like super passionate about men and, and men's health and, and just helping them navigate this world because, um, yeah, what, what we are as men right now, I don't think is, is, um, is a, is a high standard, um, you know, I've got a, a daughter, and I think, like, what's the sort of men that she's going to be dealing with when she becomes, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, marrying, you know, in, in a, I, don't know, I don't know when. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what's the sort of guys that, that kind she of a scary thought,
0: into, somewhat, isn't
1: it? Yeah. She, she hopefully won't, won't run into your bikes. but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, if if we can help create some really strong men, you know, with a with a strong backbone, but a strong heart as well um i think that's uh really powerful and and you know this this could be a really cool legacy to leave changing changing the face of, of men's health and and just men in general yeah i love that
0: what uh what are uh, what are you training for at the moment what are your personal goals what's up coming up for you
1: uh so i did i did a, like an ultra triathlon at the end of last year what's um, that involve? it's a double it's so it's essentially a double iron man um over three days so it's a it's a 10 K swim and 140 K ride on the first day. Then on the second day it's a 280 K ride. And then on the third day, it's the double marathon. So an 84 kilometer run. Wow. Um, so that was, that was a bit mostly around just wanted to challenge. And, and as guys, like it was sort of to set an example for this, for this, the Junto for the men's hub, uh, was like, cool. Yeah, you can have a business, you can have a family and you can still do great things. Um, you don't have to like, you know, give everything up because I think triathlon probably has one of the biggest divorce rates in, in any sport. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to sort of show the guys that, that you can do this some something that is perceived as really crazy, but, um, and, and just go and do it. So yeah, I trained for for a few months for that, um, and did that, uh, which was really, really great and raised some, some money around, um, for the, for the men's hub. Um, and then I was like, well, if I bought a bike and, and stuff like that. And I'm training for it. I may as well try and just do an Ironman as well. So I've got an Ironman coming up in June. So I'll do a few little short triathlons. But um,
0: what's an Ironman? What's Ironman distances? Uh,
1: I think I should probably know this, right? If I'm going to do it. Definitely. I think, I think, it's, I think it's a 3.8k swim uh, followed by a 190k ride into a marathon um, but all, all in one day. So it'd be really different yeah. to the ultra. Like the ultra was just like, you know, cause it wasn't a race. It was just a, you know, get in there and grind and I'm a terrible swimmer. So it was really slow. Um, and, but, um, yeah, this would be a new, a new challenge and a much different challenge doing it, you know, in a race on the same day. So I think, you yeah, know, probably sub 12 hours is probably, probably a decent time. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, it sounds like I'm a, I like to chase pain but um it's more the challenge around like training and i'm just actually really enjoying the training like the the goal of the I man is just that's a little goal there but um yeah i'm actually just for me with mentally and physically just actually just doing the training and that's actually probably like the best part of it
0: yeah for sure and yeah. oh, that's cool. We should do another one again and uh, talk about like the men's hub in 12 months and mm. see the journey that it's been on for sure. Yeah. Let's uh, start to wrap it up. I'll just fire five quick questions at you. Tell us something about you that no one would know.
1: Um, well, I suppose we touched on it before, but before we started the business, I'd, I'd probably coached at most two people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, which is unfortunate. Which is probably the same thing for most personal trainers that come in the industry, come into the industry, um, because experience counts for a lot. But um, yeah, probably one thing that I try and keep close to my chest that I. Didn't it's know.
0: also though like a good little, I guess, example to anyone though that if you want something and you're prepared to do the work, you know, and not think you know everything, mm-hmm. then you know you can you can do great things over the course of a period of time.
1: Yeah, I think if your heart's in the right place, like, um, like I don't think fitness and health and nutrition and stuff like it's complicated, but it's really simple at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I was just, if you got that, if your heart's in the right place and you've yeah, just following your heart, then I don't think you can go too far wrong. I think
0: like too with the health and fitness, you never know everything. Like it's always evolving. Isn't it? Like,
1: yeah, I know nothing. I don't know anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> If you think you know it all, like
1: you're already fucking lost, I think. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Um, yeah, again, I probably touched on it before, but like ultimate accountability. Um, you are the reason for everything that's happening in your life. And I think that's a really, it's a really harsh mirror sometimes to put in front of someone. But um, yeah, but having that awareness step back and go, how am I contributing to this situation? And actually like having the awareness of like, okay, I need to change my actions there to get the result that I want. Um, yeah. And just everything, everything and it starts and finishes with you. So yeah, that ultimate accountability, Jocko Willie.
0: And is, was that something that you've always done? Like tend to look within or did you, you know, used to blame others and it's been a big shift that you've had or.
1: Yeah, I think. I think my, my, my typical MO was this is not working. I'm just going to work heaps harder on my bit and then hopefully you'll work it out or I'm just going to, you know, fix your stuff. Um, which doesn't, it's not a really productive way to go about life. Um, yeah. So it was definitely just, yeah, definitely blaming others and not, I don't think I was ever really bad at it, but even just like gossiping and talking about other people and stuff like that. Like I just, I try not to do it much anymore because, um, yeah, try not to be part of the problem.
0: Yeah, be the solution, though. where do you want to be in five years? I
1: reckon, I reckon we'll probably have a, an, at least another kid by then. Um, and we'll probably like ideally, I'd love to be sort of like traveling around Australia with the family in a camper van or something like that, or motorhome and seeing the seeing the world or seeing the scene in Australia. And um, but working on a lot of creative projects, I think, for me. Um, so helping the staff. With the Junto and and helping the you know whether it's going around and visiting you know essentially this men's hub, ideally it ends up being like the men's shed for for younger guys and and uh, and that sort of thing. So if we can be touring around, you know, checking in on all that sort of stuff, that'd be super cool. But um, I think just traveling around, showing the showing the country to our kids and helping them learn and develop and yeah, working on creative projects, yeah, that'd, that'd be super cool. I reckon. Do you, do you have a
0: favourite quote?
1: Uh, there's, there's a couple, but one that really uh, sits with me at the moment is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Um, so that's just one that's really resonated with me around the men's work in particular and, and probably what we're trying to do with it um, is like, yeah, I could go do it all myself, um, but it's heaps more fun and you get heaps further. When you have other people along for the journey so yeah that's one that I really sort of think about all, all the time. Yeah nice what uh,
0: what's what's success to you?
1: oh success mm. I think for me it's just around balance um, like if I can be living my purpose and my passion, you know being creative and working on projects and ideas um having this space for my family um and to watch them grow up and to to show them what you're capable of in this world um yeah i think that's if we can raise some kids and and change some lives and show some people that you know you're capable of a lot more and yeah to step into that and to, to chase big things then um, yeah I think that's for me that's that's probably what success looks like and we can sit back and look back and well, I've got this image in my mind of us of sort of like looking down all these hills and valleys and just going like this is all the stuff that we've created these are all the people that we've helped and you know this is sort of like our legacy so yeah a really powerful legacy of just helping people and changing lives I think and showing people that you can do more or be more yeah I love that
0: where can the listeners find you if they want to flick you a message?
1: Uh I'm on all the I'm on Instagram and Facebook pretty much. Um I think I'm pretty easy to find. Cornerstones on there as well. Um the men's stuff is is under the the Junto Men's hub, um, J-U-N-T-O. So if you message any of those four places, I'll probably probably find it somewhere. Um but yeah, no, like Instagram and Facebook are probably easiest. Um, you can send people my personal number if you want, but <laughs> thanks
0: thanks yeah. for your time man i appreciate it That was unreal.
1: no worries mate. thanks for having me i really appreciate your time i'm
0: nice. sick of us not doing this right that's why i think i'm cutting you from my life no more i'm sick of us not doing this right that's why i think i'm cutting you from my life no more wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to send to me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but times of currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom seeing your news. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm finally getting the consistency back. Uh, Wednesdays is my plan to drop a podcast every single week. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure you jump over and leave a review and... Take a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram story and tag me in it. I really want to spread the word of the podcast uh, so it can help me get some really good guests on in the future. Till next time. Later.